Hello and welcome to episode two of Terrace Memoirs. I am Dave Harris, Reading Football Club season ticket holder and all-round football fan. Hopefully episode one with Jamie Butler provided you with enough entertainment factor to listen to this second episode. And many hearty thanks are offered to all of you who downloaded and listened to my chat with him. Equally, if you're new to this podcast, you may not be aware that it's inspired by my own personal journey of following my football team and the experiences I've enjoyed, or not enjoyed as the case may be, be it travelling to and from matches with supporters of other clubs, some of whom I've never met before or since, or indeed the actual matches themselves, both home and away. My guest today is someone who I consider to be one of my closest personal friends, um, who has shared in many of my experiences following Reading, as well as being the person who properly introduced me to the world of non-league football. A Reading supporter from 1986, he undoubtedly possesses many memories of Reading's recent history, however a gradual falling out of love for the professional game allowed him to t- the time and space to take on increased support for his local non-league club, Maidenhead United. Latterly, he's undertaken both voluntary positions at the club, including taking the mic on match days as the club's PA announcer, and more recently uh, is full-time employed by Maidenhead United as their fixtures secretary, juniors club secretary and community trust project officer. Much like Jamie last week, he also possesses an impressive memory for footballing statistics and events within games, while also possessing quite possibly the loudest voice I've ever heard at a football match, aside from mine, making me wonder if Maidenhead United could have saved on some electricity and disposed of the mic on match days. So without further ado, we'll get into the conversation. We'll start with um, a quick word on Maidenhead United. So, quick word on Maidenhead. Um, obviously, this is being recorded on a Tuesday night, and there are um, a number of National League fixtures on. Um, yeah. Uh, but, of course, not Maidenhead. Otherwise, you'd be actually be present, wouldn't you? Um, they are 13th before tonight's fixtures. Um, looking at the 12th. table. They're 12th. My apologies. Um, 12th before kickoff. We may be moving down a place as other games are on tonight, and we're not playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Uh, so, uh, look, looked at the table. You're one point behind Boreham Wood. Is that right? But got five games in hand. We've got games in um, hand. We've played fewest in the league apart from Dover, who uh, we don't know for certain, but they, as a club, they've decided to uh, uh, not to play for the rest of the season. So uh, we're still waiting for the league to decide how to determine their playing record. So we've played the fewest games. Okay. Yeah, so it's a bit fair to say it's been somewhat disrupted. So does that, that's presumably yeah. that, that gives it a... A, a, a huge amount of difficulty in, um, in in gaining any kind of momentum. But you know, having said that, you're still very, very well placed to um, to make a good fight fight for playoffs at least. Yeah, we are well placed. I think it, it is hard. Um, but another complicating factor has been it's an odd division, uh, odd odd uh, odd number in terms of the division. So uh, we didn't have a game Saturday last due to uh, Macclesfield's demise at the start of the season. So before you've even kicked a ball, you've got two free weekends. Um, we've had games called off um, due to opposition COVID. Um, the touch was, as I say, this we've not had a single um, positive uh, test. Just touch wood. So hopefully that continues. Um, despite uh, the National League clubs having twice weekly tests, that includes us um, uh, um, staff as well on. Uh, on match days. So, um, yeah, a bit of catch-up. It's going to be two games a week. Um, we do play longer than the uh, the EFL. We'll be playing to the end of May, so I'll be getting a, a suntan, hopefully, at some of the, the later <laughs> games. It'd be odd to watch um, league matches in late May. It's been a while since that's happened. And, goodness, we could even be playing into June, but that doesn't bear thinking about at the moment. 
Mm-hmm. Does that disrupt any holiday plans? <laughs> um, not yet. No, it's been a funny time, isn't it? Holiday plans have been uh, largely shelved. Um, we were lucky we got to go away early last year before the lockdown. And now, um, you know, I genuinely don't even know where my passport is. It's been that long. So, uh, <laughs> uh, okay for the minute. But um, that, that may change later in the summer. Uh, okay. I'll to more on Maidenhead later on in the, uh, in the episode. Um, so, cast your mind back. 1986. Um, yeah. That makes you uh, six years old, seven years old? I was six years old, I think, when my dad um, first took me to a game. That's coming up to an anniversary as well. So it'll be 35 years in April. Um, and I absolutely hated it. I was bored. <laughs> I couldn't see a thing. Um, the game in question was uh, Reading Home Game against uh, Derby County. The only standout memories I've got of it were that Derby... Uh, well, Reading were already promoted. Derby were all, all but home and hosed. It was kind of a, a title decider. Uh, six years old, I was too far too big and heavy to be on my dad's shoulders for too long. You, you'll know um, Reading's dear it's old South Bank and how... Mm-hmm. Uh, Alongside uh, of the pitch. Well, as cosy as it was, exactly, uh, as, a, as, a, as a terrace when it was uh, full. Um, the sight lines perhaps weren't always uh, the best, especially when you're uh, six years old and you can't see. Um, it was packed out that day. Um, I do remember a similarly kind of height disadvantaged um, youngster around my age um, who bought some Star Wars toys along with him. So somehow we sat down and struck up a, a, a brief friendship and uh, sat on the South Bank um uh, concrete uh, terracing and played with his Star Wars figures. <laughs> um, and my only other memory of that game is at the end of the game, I think Reading had been promoted the week before. It was the first home game afterwards. They won the game. I can remember nothing about it. I can't remember anything about a crowd roar or anything like that. All I can remember is being led out of the ground afterwards and turning back and pointing at the pitch saying to my dad, I want to go on the pitch because all the supporters had invaded to celebrate what they'd done the week before. And he, he, he wisely thought that was no place for uh, a six-year-old. And then, if I'm honest, was very cold on it for you know several years after. He took me to Wembley, uh, did my dad two years later, uh, for Reading's uh, Simod Cup uh, final. That impacted me in a different way. Um, that was quite incredible, really. Um, so what was I, eight years old then? To go to a stadium like Wembley, I'd never seen anything like it, really. Um, and I do have some real warm memories of that, actually. I was taken on a kind of... Um, my dad worked for Lex Brooklands uh, at uh, Shepherd's Hill on the uh, London Road, and uh, they organised a work uh, coach. Um, so it was all... This is together. the... Uh, yeah, this is the, the eastern side of Reading, isn't it? Yes, that's right. <clears throat> yes, yeah. Yeah, that's right. East of east of the town, Um and, uh, yeah, I was allowed to go on this sort of lad's trip as an honorary, um, honorary Lex Brooklyn's Volvo garage employee. Uh, <laughs> and just the memories of it, really, in terms of the size of the crowd. Um, just silly little things stick in your head, don't they, from those kind of things. Um, was, that, uh, the, was, it, was it about 61,000, the crowd, wasn't 61, it? 61,000 crowd. I do remember the crowd more of that game, singing. Um, and this was uh, so. This was the Simod Cup final. So yeah, Luton, Simod Cup um, final. So Reading top division first, opposition. Yeah, first time Reading had got to Wembley, and it was a minor final, but it felt like a real big deal. 
against a really good Luton side that were a top half Division One team. They went back a few weeks later and won the uh, League Cup at the same ground. But Reading hammered them that day. Reading won four one. Uh, just little things that stick in your head. I remember um, something that I always remember is the the the, the kind of um, Wembley scoreboard was a uh, you know a very simple kind of. Uh, I guess, sort of uh, dot matrix kind of affair, I guess you could put it like that. <laughs> yeah. And they had these animated pictures of all the players' faces, which was very sort of uh, crude and kind of 80s style. But I thought that was brilliant. I'd never seen anything like that. Um, obviously left a sheltered life uh, in the uh, suburbs of Reading slightly. But um, yeah, great day. That that had more impact on me. And then I guess the older I got, the more I started to nag to um, go to the games a bit. Was that because... Um... You'd had that experience, and we're actually starting to to, to to grow a bond for the club, or was it just um, because yeah. you'd gone before? Um, gradually grew to like, grow to like it. Yeah, Dad, my friends are going. How, how did yeah. how did that come about? You know, well, you, you... to be honest, it was always something that you know my, my dad was interested in, and my granddad as well. We didn't really talk. It wasn't didn't really dominate conversation at home my dad would go to some of the games he wasn't he didn't attend every week um but i do remember at school of that age being sort of six seven eight years old uh, and living on kind of the outskirts of reading um uh, all my peers all supported first division teams um and it's quite looking back no one supported um no one supported chelsea or man city it was all um liverpool tottenham occasional man united so we play football in the playground. I'd join in. There was nothing else going on. Who do you support? Well, not fussed. Not fussed. Not bothered. Don't really care. Um, wasn't really interested in first division football. Um, here we are, sort of thirty odd years later on. There's still more or less the same, um, same, uh, same, same case. Um, so yeah, there was no real sort of peer kind of, um, sort of group that went to Reading. There was the odd one or two. Um, and then the older I got, you know, the more... Uh, but one big one was Italia 90 for me, to be honest. Um, <clears> that was huge. So, 86 World Cup, I'd only been about six years old. So, we've already determined I was that fussed at that age. 1990, it was the buzz around the school that England were in the World Cup. There was um, the sticker albums and the books. So, I bought into all that. And uh, yeah, I, rem- over- I remember the Panini, the... the, uh, the- that, that that classic World Cup ninety um, Panini yeah. Yeah. Um, hardback I mean, binder, absolutely all... that. Now that yeah. that was um... <laughs> we completed it. Did you, my brother and I? We completed ours. <laughs> so did I. Uh, Life changing in so much as I suddenly became um, this absolute uh, expert in a matter of weeks on uh, on on the World Cup uh, and, <laughs> and international football. As I collected weeks of it, I can remember, um, you know, going to my dad, did you know Ireland had never qualified for the World Cup before? Just things like that, sort of precocious 10-year-old uh, coming up with these stats. And watching all the England games, they were at a good time, obviously, weren't they? You know, Italian time, so there's no mm-hmm. time difference. Um, you know, and being glued to it, absolutely glued to it. England caught the nation's sort of um, imagination, I think, that, that time round, and 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 everyone was football mad come kind of you know the new season august sort of time i think um you know uh, that was that was about the time i started saying again no real interest in the first division teams dad take me to some football take me to watch our local poor third division side 
we didn't go every week. It was hardly worth going every week. But the, the, the times <laughs> we did go felt quite special because they were once a month trips, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so when did, so when did you yeah. first? So it's a World Cup ninety. Um, yes. Presumably, this was when you start. You, you mentioned um, that you, you you then became suddenly an expert on different players and and and, and countries. Is that yes. when you first really started taking a proper interest in in football as a whole, and were able to start identifying bigger teams? Bearing in mind that you know we, we, you still had your your domestic games on the Sunday on yeah. the big match on ITV. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you were able to sort of sit there and watch it and with yeah. interest. Absolutely spot on. Yeah, the following year, I remember you're right. One game a weekend. If you were lucky, uh, it would be a combination of either Tottenham, Man United, uh, Liverpool, uh, Everton, maybe Forest, someone like that. You'd never get, they'd never plumb the depths of, you know, uh, QPR versus Luton or anything like that. It was always the big uh, clubs on. So, yeah, began to recognise the players, would watch, yeah, from that from that season, pretty much religiously, the, the Sunday games. My memory is they weren't on every Sunday. They were on maybe two and three Sundays. It was a very... Um, basic program, you know, half an hour of build-up. Uh, Elton Wellsby was the uh, um, was the presenter, um, and uh, perhaps a little goals roundup at the end, and, and that was all the football you got, and um, you were quite grateful for it, really. Because there was no match of the day back then, was there? Because it, no. it went through no. um, a short hiatus for for a few years, didn't it? So you it, didn't get the Saturday night highlights. That's right, no Saturday night highlights. I think match of the day probably had sort of FA Cup packages they're allowed to do and that that sort of um developed my interest in lower division football as well seeing uh fa cup highlights but you're right yeah there was no match a day it was um sporadic so someone of my generation we we kind of started getting into football without that being the kind of um you know the sort of um epic um famous thing that it, that it is now it was you're right it was, it was itv and um and the occasional live game so 1990 um, sounds like it was a pretty good time to actually start supporting Reading um, more and more, uh, given um, the impending takeover of the club by Sir John Medeski, um and uh, his uh, his appointment of Mark McGee um, not long after. Yeah, but um, <laughs> you made me grin a bit there actually because I can remember I can remember um, my first kind of ever time of feeling angry and disappointed with a football team um, came around that time because, um, you know... Get used to it. <laughs> used to it. But before McGee coming in and, um, and being successful, there was a time that, you know, that was a really poor side for a while around then. Um, I can remember one particular one um, where they lost um, first round of the FA Cup, um, non-league... Uh, Colchester at the time beat Reading in the third division. Um, we used, I used to have the local radio on Radio Two One O, and they'd have fifteen minute reports. Thought, okay, we're gonna have a cup run here. Um, surely we'll beat Colchester. We're a moderate, modest third division side. Even I could understand that. And um, the stick I got at school on Monday was atrocious from all the um, the, the Tottenham and uh, Liverpool fans. Yeah, you know, Reading. Reading lose to non-league team. What? Oh, but things got better from then on. Because obviously, as I mentioned before, Mark McGee took over, didn't he? Um, after Ian Porterfield, and yes, it took a while. Um, but within two to three years, um, we had a side that was starting to show um, signs of life. Particularly, I think it was the back, yeah. in, back end of ninety two, ninety three, and uh, 
yeah, it's, it's that point in time yeah. where you can see where, which supporters um, the, these days, um, a lot of them won't necessarily see it because a manager isn't given time these days. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think um, what people forget as well, you make fair points there, the, the second season from memory with McGee, they had a good cut run, didn't they? So that always captures imagination. So that might have given them a bit more time and a bit more patience because they were bumbling down the bottom end of the division. I think they had games in hand due to FA Cup matches and that kind of thing. But they had a good run, um, drew with a Premier League team and lost the replay, Manchester City. Yes, 92-93. But not, not the great Man City team of now, but a strong Man City team with some good players. Yeah, that, I mean, it's, um, we, we, if I remember rightly, a City were certainly at the top end of the division, uh, top end of the first division as yeah. it was, or the, the newly formed Premier League. Um, yeah. They finished. Yeah. Uh, they finished sort of fifth or sixth or something for the um, the previous couple of seasons. Yeah. So they were they were absolutely yeah, no mugs. Uh, I mean, they, I, I remember yeah. going to that replay and they gave us a proper roasting, yes. didn't they? Um, they did. They won. They scored early on and won four um, 0 I think. But uh, I think the, the, the memorable thing about that—that's the first time I'd ever seen a top-flight team play in the flesh. I don't think we'd played a first division team for years. We haven't really done much in the cup or a Premier League team. And uh, the atmosphere was great. It just went a bit flat after 90 seconds. I remember they scored really early on. And, yeah, Mike, Mike Sheeran, if uh, I remember rightly. Something like that. Again, they had a really good side that was really strong and they just probably had a point to prove after drawing the first game and getting a little bit of stick for, for not being a, you know, a, a team from the third tier. But um, they, uh, they, they were a, a decent side. and it, That's just a strong memory of... Um, a big sort of midweek game with a big crowd in and a good atmosphere. And on, if you can't get hooked on that, then it's not really the game for you. No, it, really exactly, exactly. It was on Sky TV as well, um, the replay. We, it was, we yeah. had, um, we'd had our first two Sky TV games before in the FA. This was the day when, when Sky had the FA Cup as their yeah. rights. And we played on a Saturday yes, evening in Birmingham right. City, yeah. wasn't it? And this was a strange season because yeah. of, um, was it the demise of Maidstone United? Um, and the number of places yeah. in the FA Cup. So Birmingham were, they were yeah. second division, weren't they? Or first division, newly formed first yes. division. But they were in the first round of the FA yeah. Cup. Um, yeah, in the first round, yeah. And we beat them. Yeah, and that felt a big deal as well, actually, because um, it was uh, a Sky game. Uh, and, and they come along now, as you'll know, as as um, you know, someone who, who follows Reading in the Championship closely, they... Those games come along, you know, all the time. That was the first ever fully televised, nationally televised live um, Reading game of any sort. And it felt like being part of an occasion. It felt like being part of, um, yeah, history for the town. It was um, a really big deal, a decent crowd, a uh, bit of a cup upset. And, um, yeah, just a real buzz of having, you know, cameras at the ground and all that. Um, so, 93, 94. This is a season... Yeah. I only saw three games because I was living in Germany at the time. Um, so I saw Burnley right. at home, which was a 2-1 win. Um, I yeah. saw yeah. Stockport over Christmas, who were one of our title, yeah. cha- uh, our, our title challengers. Um, and I saw Bristol Rovers later on in the season. Um, so I saw three wins. Yes. But they were the only games that I saw. So what, what are your, your memories and recollect- recollections of that, given that this will, <laughs> other than the promotion game that you said that you, you saw in 1986... Yeah. Um, this is this was this was clearly a big thing for the uh, not just the town but supporters and individual families 
um, and, and kids that hadn't seen because this was the first time we'd been promoted in was it nine years? Something um, like that. It's a, yeah, it's a yeah. Big old thing. Yeah, it was great. It was a brilliant season, and those games, you know, that that, that that's how far away it go is that now. It's more than twenty five years ago, and I can remember all those three games you've mentioned. Um, you know, I'm not going to list off reel, reel off things about them individually, but um, yeah, a really good season, good uh, style of football. They had good momentum at the back of the previous year. They were kind of tucked in as one of the might get into the playoffs kind of teams. Started well. Um, they didn't really have much of a blip all season, really. They were they were up and around the top. I think they might have lost a couple in a row. And when you're 13, 14 years old, you, you know, you'll um, feels like the end of the world, doesn't it, at that age? Um, and I can remember um, I can remember one of the teams had a, loads of games in hand. I think something like Stockport. Stockport did, yeah. Watching, uh, you know, like a Tuesday night, like we're, what we are now as we speak, um, looking at the games on, on teletext and, you know, hoping they'll, They'll drop points. I remember going to a couple of the London away games uh, with my dad, and um, that was a, a good experience. They were well supported because we were doing well. Um, you know, really large um, away supports. A team that played good football thoroughly deserved to get promoted. It's just that that thrill and the, the nerves as you have the run in. The run in's a big one. I can, I can, it the, is. I can still distinctly recall in two in in March two thousand and six, and we're something like eighteen points clear of third place. Still thinking, yeah, we can still fuck this up. We can still fuck well, this up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very similar in, um, without changing the subject again to the Maidenhead team that got promoted to the the National League. Um, again, perhaps not hugely fancied, but it had long unbeaten runs and just didn't know when it was beaten and we'd come up with you know uh, last minute goals and uh, you only lost three times that season if I remember rightly once at home twice away well in fact you know points per game if you want to go along that line um, Reading fans sing about the the, the points record uh, Maidenhead would have would have eclipsed that over if it had been a 46 game um, season I worked it out it would have been 107 or 108 points or something like that it was uh, incredible especially in non-league football where you're part time so you're not training Mm all the time, you know, the Reading players would have been training and, and travelling with each other all the time and, you know, in each other's pockets in that way. So for a non-league team, a part-time team to hit the straps like that and get 98 points and only just bloody win it. Um, yeah, I was going to say, because you, the, the, you, you were neck and neck with full-time side, Absolute United, weren't you, all season? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was, yeah. I want to say, predominantly the goals of Dave Tarpey that, um, that got you up that season, but um, that would be slightly disingenuous to the other members of the squad. Um, when you've got someone who's bagging in 45, 46 goals and it's an unfashionable club, you've got opposition thinking, they eh, one-man team. Um, and they were more than that. They had you know, plenty of width in the team, defended well. Um, and I think we conceded the fewest goals uh, in a division. It absolutely did outscore us, I think, in the end. I'm not entirely... Um, Sean, sure, I can't pull, pluck the stats out the top of my head, but in a way, um, yeah, you, you got a bit of oh yeah, they're a good side, but stop Tarpy, stop Maidenhead. Well, they didn't manage to stop Tarpy, and they didn't manage to stop Maidenhead. And um, uh, in a way, being un- under the radar and that, um, I, I think is a is a good thing. And that that was certainly the case for that Reading team initially. They signed relatively modestly that summer, I think Reading in terms of. They spent a million quid on Lita, which felt like um, breaking the bank, but it wasn't it was, quite... Yeah, f- first-time seven-figure transfer, wasn't it, already? Yeah, yeah. they signed Lita from Bristol, and that felt like a big deal. You thought they were going to be 
But again, there were known also brands, weren't they, under Coppel? They were always, yeah, they'll start well. They'll be in and around the playoffs, but yeah, they're, they're, they'll they'll lose their lose their bottle. So those those two two teams, lucky enough to um have watched both. I think um my timing is certainly very fortunate. Um, that I got to see um you know the, the almost every game in, in 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 both of those seasons and similar attitude in in both really. Um, just you know a, a astonishing kind of. Will to win. Reading were promoted with six games left and were unbeaten for the final six, weren't they? I mean, you normally see teams, you know, um, on the beach at that stage. Uh, yeah. It's incredible. And, yeah. Um, uh, so they're promoted uh, with the draw at Leicester. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you can say that we won the title the next week against Derby, sticking five past them. Yeah. Glorious. And if people hadn't hadn't already thought, oh, they're promoted, they're, um, they're, they'll, they'll, they'll put their feet up. Sticking five past Derby, people were obviously thinking, "Yeah, they'll stick their feet up now." Yeah. Went to Cardiff the next week, who were pushing five for the again. playoffs and stuck yeah. stuck five past them. It was a joy to um, watch, and you'd need a, be- a far better man than me to tell you why it was so good. But it it, it clicked really well. It wasn't it wasn't you know tick attacker stuff. It was good counter attacking stuff, wasn't it? Um, mm-hmm. Often good pace on the yeah. break and. Um, because you mentioned a little bit earlier that you know, you'd started going to your dad had started taking you to away games. Um, yeah. That you come into a couple of London ones. I'm presuming um, we're talking Fulham, perhaps. Um, yes, we played there. Yeah, yeah. We Orient. There. Uh, yes. I'm not sure how many other London away games we had. One early in the season, they played at Brentford. Um, of course, yes. And, yeah. and so many Reading they fans been went relegated, hadn't they? Was they it, that was the Joe Allen sticking two fingers up to the Reading fans, if I remember right. Scored. I don't. I can't remember why he did that. Completely unprompted. Uh, <laughs> Scored in front of the Reading fans and gave them the finger. Um, yeah, it was a fairly new stand as well, wasn't it, at Brentford? Then it was the, it was the uh, the Wendy House, as they call it. Yes, the the two tier double decker one. My memory of that one is it was absolutely packed. Um, Reading had started the season with a couple of wins, local game. Um, my first ever away league game. I'd been to an FA Cup game before then. It was packed out, and, and the hundreds were locked out. Hundreds were locked out. Um, not 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 what you'd normally is, um, is sort of. Uh, Associate with the Reading away support, perhaps, but um, for the for the games that matter, they do sort of turn out. I think to be fair, and um, yeah, drab performance. Um, this fella called Joe Allen scored, gave the Reading fans the finger. I've no idea why. Ran past us and gave us the finger, um, and it was a bit of a drab performance. And you heard people, oh, there you go, they've won the first two. Typical sort of Reading uh, attitude. Oh, won the first two. The wheels have come off now. And, you know. <laughs> Teams will lose football matches during during the season, you know. So, yeah. Um, the other games were I don't think they won any of the other games actually. Um, uh, they played Orient in around um, January time, and that was a drawn so, match. One all draw, yeah. Drawn match. My memories of that is, um, with all due respect to Orient, a club that I liked, not the most uh, glamorous part of the capital, should we say? And um, I can remember all the all the shops were were locked up. They just, uh, as again, a really big uh, Reading following, and and all the local sort of shops just decided to lock the doors, thinking that the hordes of Reading fans were going to somehow r- ransack the uh, the stores. The East uh, End, yeah. Noisy as they <laughs> walked back to the train station and and singing. And um, the Fulham game was a Sunday kickoff. Remember that one? Um, and uh, Again, I think they didn't perform very well in that one. They lost, uh, and again, from remember that that one, there's the old Fulham large terrace behind the goal, absolutely packed out. 
And I think put the end. Yeah. So many Reading fans went. I think they put some down the opposite end as well. Um, just good times, really. I think it was a time when perhaps I hadn't had success uh, for a while, and people really sort of got behind it. It was um, buying into it yeah. because, because it was a consistent season as well, wasn't it? So and performances were generally good. Yeah. We were winning more often than not. Yeah. I think we ended ended the season on 89 points, yeah. a point ahead of Port Vale in the end, who were promoted with us. Yeah, but they were streaked out. Um, vale, but they? that was, yeah. um, it was, we won the division with um, more comfort, I think, than that really suggests. Yeah. Is that, that fair? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, they were by far and away um, the best side. They had, you know, a little wobble of a couple of games, perhaps around springtime. You're always going to get that. That adds to the memories of it, doesn't it? You know, that, that, that nervousness adds to the, I just didn't feel that nervousness in um, the, the, the season they got the record points because they were so far ahead so almost a season where every point counts is all more memorable for me so when they went up again in 2011-12 that wasn't a side that really you know that was a side that just hit the straps of getting a consistent team out and um a couple of you know decent signings and suddenly with one eleven on the bounce and and, and, and um or, or something like that, or 11 out of 12, whatever it was. And in a way, I enjoyed that season more because they were under the radar and suddenly spoiling. Um, and of course, it's good to um, yeah, spoil the ambitions of bigger clubs like uh, West Ham and South Africa. One of the uh, one of the one of the weekends I think we can talk about is going to Blackpool uh, in the, the beginning of December. Um, that, so. We also did the random, the random Fleetwood game as well beforehand, didn't we? Well, we, we did. The fixtures, on the Friday. fixtures kind of fell nicely for it. I think that was our sort of reason for it, wasn't it? You know, obviously, you know, your dad lived. Is he still up there? Was he? Is he? Where is he now? He's still up there. Yeah, yeah. Via um, spell overseas, he's back there. Nice part of the world. Um, he, yeah, we, we had. You'd said about staying with him, and then we, uh, you know, we, we saw this FA Cup game had been moved. Chance to, it was the ultimate football geek weekend for us, wasn't it? Um, we were able to tick off uh, Fleetwood's ground. Uh, I've not been uh, since. They're now a league club, so that got added to the 92. Happy days down, down, yep. down, down the road from <laughs> your dad. And we also popped into um, AFC Files' um, old or new old ground as well. So um, Indeed, yes. The ultimate uh, Park. geek weekend, that, wasn't it? Um, yeah, we did... Uh, yeah, it's games. very very useful that my that my dad lives literally um, ten minutes walk away from Calamere Park. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. If anybody if anybody follows the follows the the, the National League and uh, say AFC file, they were National League, weren't they? They came up the same season as uh, as Maidenhead from, from the Northern they've Division. They've now moved to um, a really good uh, new ground, um, Mill, just outside Kirkham, just off the M55. Um, I can't think what it's, it's called. Mill Farm, Farm, isn't it? I, I must admit, I don't know. Uh, um, that area that well. It is a nice part of the world, but um, I don't know it that well. Mill Farm, um, really good venue. They have gone down. They're one of the teams that went down last year under this uh, points per game um, arrangement that Maidenhead uh, benefited from. There's no way of dressing that up. That's an ambitious club um, that I think will be back, um, you know, back further up the leagues um, soon. Um, yeah, we went. You could tell even then they were quite uh, ambitious, and they've moved from what was a relatively new ground then. Um, to an even newer one, but it was a, a weekend of football geekdom, and I always remember uh, a certain Jamie Vardy playing for uh, Fleetwood against Yeovil in that FA Cup tie Friday night. I think he scored a, a class goal into the top corner, and I remember thinking, this lad's really good, he's going to play a lot higher. Now, it's easy enough to say mm-hmm. that now, isn't it? If only I'd 
you know, written that down and, uh, you know, got you to sign a copy of it or something. I could have had uh, real bragging <laughs> rights. No doubt you'll deny that conversation happening at all. But I do remember saying to you, this lad looks really good. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man of honour, so I can, I can distinctly recall because I mentioned, I think I, just beforehand I've mentioned Nathan Pond as the, uh, as the Fleetwood's um, centre-back yes. who I thought was going places. Yes. Um, but they certainly had a side. I mean, I think, if I remember rightly... Fleetwood ended up with over 100 points that in season, 104, yeah. 105 yeah. Uh, in the National League. Yeah. Um, and Wrexham, um, one of the, the the dearth of former football league clubs who just cannot get out of that yeah. division for love nor money. Yeah. Um, and they, they finished second. And again, I think they had 100 points again. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things that I think I was going to ask your opinion on, really, was the, um, was, 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 was the promotion and relegation between Football League and a National League because surely, it, I think Carbright is saying it's the only, um, the only division that ha- well, the division that has the least number of promotion and relegation spaces between the two divisions, League Two and the National League. Uh, yeah, surely they've got to open that up to a, um, uh, they've got to open that well, up to a second. Yeah, uh, where do you automatic promotion place? Yeah, right? where do you start with that one? One automatic promotion place. I like the way they do the playoffs in the National League, by the way. So even though it's one automatic one, the next six get in the playoffs. So it does extend down to seventh place. Um, and you could talk about the merits of playoffs. That's a different argument, isn't it? Whether you think um, it should be playoffs or not. I think uh, I think keeping the season alive uh, for longer is a good thing. Uh, I think if you ask the National League, um, would it like an extra league uh, you know, promotion place? It would bite your arm off, um, as obviously with the clubs. Um, obviously, the Football League has got no... Uh, that's the difficulty, isn't it? It's two separate entities. So... Uh, t- Turkey's True. in Christmas, yeah. isn't yeah, it? Absolutely. You know, yeah, absolutely. Football League. Why would you vote? <laughs> you know, there's, there's, uh, currently, there's three or four teams in a two-horse race to to potentially be having the prize of coming to York Road next year. So, um, I don't, you don't think there's going to be another one going to vote for that. So, I don't know. I think it's probably about right as it is. Um, in our lifetime, there was no automatic promotion. Uh, and then there was the one. Uh, and Imagine finishing second and well, even you could finish second and, and still uh, lose in the playoffs, as you said. And Wrexham as a club is a bit there, but for the grace of God, isn't it? Because, you know, as a Reading supporter yourself, you would have seen Reading play Wrexham plenty of times. Um, it would be it would yep. be um, arrogant to think that Reading were necessarily a hugely bigger club. I think they probably they are now with the setup, But historically, yeah, um, good club, nice people. Um They've got a big, rich sort of backer now, and they, they, they'll, but they'll always have that favourites tag. Well, Tranmere fans, I was talking, Maiden fans were talking on Twitter the other day uh, about uh, um, there's some good acronyms that come out uh, that Maiden fans use. Um, one is <laughs> uh, Belts, B E L T S. When I first came across that, I thought, what on earth does that mean? That means bitter ex league teams. And that is the, uh, we had it last week with uh, uh, Torquay, bless them, they got a, a hammering at um, Maidenhead. Uh, and looking, They did, yes, yeah, there's another yeah, one with, with a rich you know, league history. That's hardly going to be a, a high point, but you look through their Twitter and you're getting, uh, this is a low, tin pot, all that kind of thing. Um, Tranmere fans, Tranmere fans say <laughs> their low point was losing Uh in Maidenhead's first season in the National League, it was Tranmere's second and last. They got promoted, but early in the season they lost. That uh, wind swept York Road. They would have had no cover, 
uh, over their heads. But there was a late winner, 89th, 90th minute. Um, and you can, and I, listen, I can fully understand that. As a Tranmere fan, you've seen the team play in League Cup finals. Funny enough, there's a, there's a guy who watches Maiden quite a lot who's a Berkshire-based Tranmere fan. Um, really nice guy. And, um, you know, he would have seen Tranmere play at Wembley. You can remember as a Reading fan seeing Tranmere um, close to, uh, you know, playoffs in the what is now the Championship. And suddenly here they are on a Tuesday night. So this, se- this season at Maidenhead, sorry, this this this, um, this season at Maidenhead, yeah. um, with pushing for the playoffs, um, and it certainly it seems to me that you're certainly looking upwards rather than downwards, yeah. despite the league position at the moment. Um, it's does does this have any sort of parallels um, with uh, Reading's first season in Division One, back in Division One, uh, back in '94, '95? Well, yeah, no, you say. say? Um, yeah, um, no one would have picked. Reading to be at the top that season. I don't think many people would, you know, even now, I don't think many people, people would look up and down the table and think uh, Chesterfield have got a few games now and that kind of thing. They'd probably look below us and, and, and uh, you know, where we are at the moment. The table's changing as we speak. But, um, yeah, there is a bit of that to it. Um, uh, minimal expectation um, is a good thing, I think. Um, you know, and then the players become close-knit. And it's kind of us against uh, us against the world. Nobody rates us. Nobody fancies us. Um, and then by the time anyone sort of twigs on it, you know that you're a decent side in a decent position. Looking back at ninety four, ninety five, um, it was there was a distinct air of optimism going into every game, wasn't there? The, the, the memories were yeah. okay. We're happy to be here. And then after a few games, you know, sort of, you know, we, yeah. we went to Wolves on the opening day of the season. Absolutely played them off the park and lost 1-0. Um, we, uh, I think we had Millwall earlier in the season who had been in the playoffs a couple of seasons yeah. before. A very, very strong side under Mick McCarthy. Um, drew 0-0 at home. Um, went to Barnsley who were, um, yeah. they pushed us for the playoffs towards the end of the season, didn't they? Um, and, and, and again, played them off the park 1-2-0 uh, up at Oakwell. And, uh, and there was this feeling, I think, it seemed to me that the feeling was back then yeah, happy yeah. to be there. See how we do, and then suddenly realise, actually, yeah, we're a decent side. I'll be honest with you, that would be in in in, in the years that I was going to to Reading regularly. That season for me that ended in um, real disappointment was my favourite season because, and you've you've nailed it quite a bit there. Uh, lack of expectation, excitement about playing clubs that we saw as bigger. And hadn't played for a while, um, and yeah, it was you know every, every game or every other game felt like a really big one, and they were competing in every every other game, and suddenly you know we're up there with you know Middlesbrough were the favourites because they had you know the hype factor of uh, an ex England player taking over, Brian Robson had become manager, and Reading were with them till the very end, and it was really exciting. And also another important thing to remember, I think Reading fans. I've become rather scarred by the two words playoffs. Um, so that season was the first time they'd ever had the pain of going through the playoff. Absolutely no one thought they were going to lose. Uh, people, you know, obviously, you, you, how many went there? 35, 40,000 people? Now, most of them were, were well, yeah, there. For the yeah, something trip. like that, yeah. yeah. As a day tripper, you don't think you're going to lose. But for the real hardcore, even the real hardcore, I mean, and people would have been nervous about the game. And maybe that was the exuberance of youth. But... Um, They've never been stung by the playoffs. Now, you know, you you went to the most recent one in 
2017, which I watched on the telly. Um, I'd fallen out of uh, going with any regularity that by that time, but I wanted uh, Reading to win, of course, because um, uh, I knew a lot of people who were friends that were going. Uh, and we'd lost uh, a, a mutual friend, hadn't we, before then? Um, who, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and yeah. I know that friends had bought a, a seat for him in his memory. And, um, you know, you must have thought when that playoff final went to penalties, here we go, this is another way of losing. And they plucked bloody victory, or rather defeat from the jewels of victory that day, didn't they? In the shootout. Whereas 95, none of that yeah. existed. That doom and gloom of, oh, it's the playoffs. We never win the playoffs. We've got such a bad record in the playoffs. It was excitement. We're at Wembley. We're going to win this game. We're going to get promoted to the Premier League. It was really exciting times. Um, you know, um, like you say, the town really got behind them. Uh, 40, okay, it's not the longest trip to Wembley from Reading, but, you know, for that many to go and watch a small club, um, you know, it was uh, a, a, what was nearly a great, I can't look yeah. back on it and say it was a great day because it was a grave Bearing in mind, our, our, our uh, average attendance well, that season it. was only about 8,000, wasn't it? So it's like, yeah. it's like five times the, um, the, yeah. the, the average no, attendance at Elm Bar. I can't look back on that day and truthfully say what a great day because it was devastating at the time, wasn't it? And, um, that team probably deserved a crack yeah. at um, playing in the Premier League at dilapidated Elm Park, and the problems that would have uh, that would have uh, that would have um, you know sort of inflicted on the club. But um, you know, I can't honestly say that was an enjoyable day. Out, I'm afraid, um, but it was memorable. memorable. No, I, I I can remember. I can yeah, I can memorable. I can distinctly recall. It was the first time I think I'd ever experienced genuine proper yeah. full-on pre-match nerves as in couldn't eat yeah. couldn't drink type um yeah. pre-match nerves yeah. and it was yeah um I, I used to get that quite a lot after you know as I, yeah. as, I as I as I grew older but you know I was yeah. I just turned 13 um and I just yeah I just yeah it was just it was just oh. particularly when it went to 2-1 um it was full-on you know not being religious and not really yeah. knowing much about religion back then but it was full on, you know, prayers, you know, come on, please just answer our prayers. Just, just hold out, good, hold out, hold out. It was a good Bolton side, as um, well, by the way. Um, you know, they were a really good side. And, yeah, you know, fair yeah. Place when they, they came back. They had hung in there. They probably had quite a bit of luck on the day. Um, but they were a good side that gave Liverpool a game in the uh, League Cup final. And that was the season, of course, that you spoke about National League uh, only having two promotion places. Well, that was the bloody season where only two went up from um, Division One. So moving on from from ninety five, you've been going to games with your dad and presumably your brother Dan as well. Um, at what point did that um, start becoming um, not less of a relationship, or did you start sort of thinking and going to games more on your own um, and becoming more detached, I suppose, from 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 your dad? Because I know you, you did obviously didn't. Go to, to um, or certainly with me, you didn't go to games with your dad. Um, when did that start start occurring? Yeah, I think there's quite a clear division here actually, because um, he's he's someone who's um, kind of wavered a little bit at times. He's had um, season tickets for, and then perhaps not gone regularly for a season or two after, then got one again. Um, he doesn't quite uh, maybe live and breathe it. Um, quite as much as uh, um, I would have done certainly at the time. Um, so I think the div- divide would have been um, 
going to the away games. So he'd go to the occasional one that was local if he fancied it, and obviously he'd take us as well. But when you get to the age of kind of um, 16, 17, um, perhaps you're earning your first bit of money. I can remember going to a game, Reading were struggling at the bottom of Division 1 and they were playing McGee's Wolves and I was in sixth form and I asked around a handful of us who went to games at Elm Park, who fancies going to Wolves? It's against McGee's team, it'd be a good crack. No one wanted to go because we were hoping down the bottom. <laughs> Um, so I ended up having a day out on the train. Off I went. Was this in '98? Was it '96? I think. 90, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. You bump. You bump into um, you know familiar faces at the games and whatever. You, there's that kind of uh, familiarity um, that you do get. And we won the game. And the smugness on the Monday when I oh, I went to it. None of you lot bothered to go. Um, they totally turned the form book upside down and beat Wolves twice that season. Yeah. And, um, what are only two away wins as well, I remember rightly, 96, like 97. That. Yes, something something like that, something silly like that. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the clear division, I think. Um, when you think away game equals, uh, it's a proper day out, um, a few cans on the train, that kind of thing. That's when the division changes. You probably start acting a little differently, um, you know, <laughs> when you run, when you go in there and you're being more boisterous and a bit braver. Um, shall we say, and um, you know, um, that you would do if you sat um, at the game with your dad. So that's yeah, that era um, was probably when that started to change. And I would uh, save and scrabble some cash together uh, to go and watch them play uh, away from home. Mm-hmm. That's when the, that's when you know you've got the bug badly, isn't it? When you're going to um, when you're going to away games to watch a moderate side at best. I think so. I think so. And of course, you know, that, that only um, intensified as you got older, didn't it? Um, yeah. And certainly up until, uh, as I said, there's, 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 a, well, there's quite a few memories that I'm sure you can regale, but I started going in uh, go regularly to away games in 2002. Uh, didn't actually meet you until, I think it was, uh, would it have been December 2003? Um an away game at Wigan, if I remember <laughs> rightly. I do remember that, Dave. Uh, we won the game. I think there was a minibus of us went up to that one. And you got a lift in the minibus back to the railway station. Couldn't find um, either I couldn't find either a Wigan Wallgate or Northwestern stations yeah. for about an hour. And you were known to some of the chaps in the minibus anyway. And I, I, do, I do remember um, you getting lift there. And I think you'd, you'd, you'd thoroughly enjoyed your day, put it that way. And you were... Presumably staying at your dad's, I would have thought, wouldn't you? I was, yes. I was up at my dad's. My dad had yeah, been up in Lancashire were... for four years, three years by that point. Yeah. Um, were... And I'd uh, were... actually been given a lift down there with by my dad. So I hadn't had anything before the game. Yeah. But during and after the game, I certainly made sure that I, uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd, had, I'd had enough. So uh, my, my, my first impression of you, I'll be totally honest, was who was that loudmouth what's it? But... Um, We've come to we've come to we've come to grow to like you, I suppose, since then. A little bit. Every single listener here, I refer to my comment at the start of this of the show um, about who about well, basically about having the, the, the loudest mouth. Um, <laughs> fair to say, I could be a little bit um, uh, cocky and obnoxious back then, and loud. Um, yeah, particularly after a beer or two. Um, but yeah, that was. Uh, Funnily enough, um, 
if I could just refer back to to your um your your comment about you know familiar faces when going to football on your own, and completely yeah. allude to that because the season before when I started going um, to away games on my own, and, and a couple of seasons before that I started going to home games um, on my own at sort of sixteen seventeen um, away from my uncle, and I start and I bumped into faces that I knew from school that I hadn't spoken to for for years. And it was through those faces that I actually met my my now uh, long-standing group of friends who I've known now for 20 years, of which, of course, you are a part. Um, and it was that Wigan game, which really, I'm not sure how I managed to uh, to, to, to maintain friendships after that in, initial uh, <laughs> uh, that initial introduction. But yeah, somehow those friendships have lasted for, for a good two decades now, and, uh, and long may they continue. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, as I said, you were known to some of the chaps uh, who were given here, and uh, suddenly we had an extra passenger for a brief journey. And uh, listen, it's 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 funny looking back, isn't it? It's quite it's quite um, it's quite a chuckle looking back. And uh, I think I, I'm sure I've told you that before. My first uh, uh, instinct was well, what a loud mouth, but uh, that's rich, really, isn't it? Coming from me. So, um, <laughs> um, and then as I say, it wasn't long after that that. Um, that uh, I guess that crowd were knocking around and, and going to games on the, on the train or, or the occasional mini bus or whatever. You were very much uh, part of that group, and sometimes you were the designated driver. And um, yes, and, yeah, uh, uh, you know, a lot of fun more, more often than not. Yeah, with the uh, with with the old playlist going as well. Uh, yeah. yeah, I can distinctly recall that. And of course, the, the old train journeys inevitably ended up in in absolute carnage at times. I can. Yeah. I can, uh, yeah. There's there's a few that that spring to mind. Um, yeah. Sheffield United in in September 2006. Yeah. Uh, with the classic, uh, how do you know? Have you done a survey comment? Um, yeah. I'll yeah. let you tell the story, Neil. That was, was that to do with the uh, was that to do with the uh, you were you were singing, singing on the train. The way yes. Yeah. Um, someone, you know, um, I think now I'd like to think at the age of uh, you know old enough to know better should we say the idea that you'd sit in a train carriage and irritate everyone with your own singing voice first class as well if i remember right just because you've been to football and you've had a few beers and you've won the game but do you know Um, what the worst thing is about it neil is you weren't just singing you were singing with headphones on was i yeah there you go that's um... you're singing with headphones on and uh yeah um, I would say the exuberance of youth, but I think I was pushing late twenties then, so there's no uh, no no real excuse. And uh, yeah, a chap um, chap took exception to it walking up and down the train. But the other, do you know what? I think now, if I look back and uh, watch that, I think, dearie me, you know, that would annoy me now. I'm a, sort of the age of a curmudgeon now. Yeah, I can watch a football match, take a train home, and um, talk about it quietly and have a quiet laugh. Um, I think the comment from the bloke was. As he, as he, he I remember. Uh, in fact, actually, it's on. There's, there's, Neil singing on is on is on YouTube, um, and I'll yeah, I'll 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 put it up on the um, I'll, I'll I'll happily send a link on it on uh, on the Terrace Memoirs Twitter. Um, but Neil singing is there, and the bloke who actually complains walks past. The video stops, and about ten seconds later, this bloke walks back and says to Neil, "The rest of the carriage thinks you're being a bit of a twat. Can you shut up, please?" To which Neil pipes up. How the fuck do you know? Have you done a survey? And it was just, it was, it was one of those moments where you couldn't help but sti- attempt to stifle laughter and utterly, utterly fail. Uh, it was, it, it was 
funny at the time, but like you, Neil, I think if um, yeah, I'd find it mildly annoying if uh, if it happened to me uh, now, twenty nearly twenty years later. Yeah, um, yeah. Nothing to be proud of getting in that state, but there you go. Uh, it, it happened. A few, uh, <laughs> several beers, a good win, a couple of cans of Brave um, on the way back, and then uh, yeah, I think. Um, 40-year-old version of me now would think, uh, what on earth are you doing? Annoying everyone else in the train. <laughs> we, we, we went to uh, a number of away games on the train, didn't we? And it got to a point mm. um, where away game wins were, particularly to Yorkshire, were mm. particularly frequent. Um, and the idea of the champagne train entered the equation, particularly oh, if we'd had a win... Yeah. Um, and uh, I think it was, uh, it was probably me that came up with the idea after and a I, I number of sherbets. I think it was you that sponsored it every time, mate. To be honest with you, um, second-rate warm champagne on a on a, on tr- a yeah back. overpriced as well. You're talking about forty-five, fifty quid a bottle, which is go. probably yeah, yeah double the price what you'd usually pay. Yeah, so um, wash down almost a uh, glass almost every beer. single time. It's got to be said. I do yeah. recall once that uh, our mutual friend Jamie Harden actually bought one. Uh, Forest away, the four-three win in two thousand and eleven. He um, bought one, did he? That's he bought one, yeah, because his horse won the national that day. Oh, say that. So, and that we shared sounds, it with the carriage. We shared it with the carriage, but that sounds unusually uh, generous. From him. <laughs> I do, but yeah, it's, it normally being you, and that was the uh, exuberance of uh, youth as well, I think, and uh, and uh, yeah, but it was good times, good fun. Um, a lot of those uh, days. Um, um, we had some god awful starts to um matches up in the northeast and things like that. Um, well, again, one of the uh, one of the games that I was gonna absolutely one of the games that I was going to allude to actually our trip to Middlesbrough, yeah, in first of March 2000. I always remember that because it was the first day of March. We'd come <laughs> off the back end of a uh of, a, of an eight game um losing streak. We'd going up to Middlesbrough, me and you, yeah. our train left Reading. Well, my, my, I picked you up at Twyford, which is the next stop along yeah. uh, towards Paddington. Uh, but my train left Reading before the sleeper train left Reading <laughs> from Penzance to Paddington. Go into Middlesbrough. So it's like five o'clock in the bloody morning. We're yeah. both you know, groggy eyed. Yeah. But actually, it's turned out that you know, our first away win of the season, James Harper, 90th minute winner. Yeah. Limbs are plenty. For the 200 or so Reading fans, this is a Premier League game as well, and you know only 200 odd fans made the way up to to the northeast, and we had an absolutely epic journey back. If you're, I'm sure, and this is one of the the inspirations behind this this podcast, is just the inane chat that we had with the Bradford and the Dagenham fan who had played. I've actually looked it up; they did play each other that same day. Dagenham won two nil. Okay. Uh, and we were sat at the same table, and it was just an epic, epic conversation that we had with those. And we've okay. not seen them before. We've not seen them since. Yeah. And it was just brilliant. Four football fans, never met each other before. Yeah. Uh, one of the best away days that I think I've, I, I've had. Um, yeah. yeah. I was going to ask what, what you recall of it. I don't recall the conversations, usually. Um, but I guess they all merge into one after a while. I vaguely recall it. I think... A couple of things I recall from that one. Um, again, you'd have to be mad, wouldn't you, to go and watch a team that's down the bottom of the table, not one away from home all season. Yeah, I'm going to spend whatever on advanced train tickets to uh, uh, Middlesbrough. No disrespect to um, 
Middlesbrough, but not one of the most glamorous um, games. Um, yeah, you uh, came through Triford where I jumped on. And I think my first words, I do remember this one quite quite vividly. My, one of my first, well, probably my first words to you were, What the fuck are we today. doing? It's about, well, that. And then we're going to win today. We're going to win 3 1. And I think you were probably, you probably fell off your seat because I'm not known for my uh, <laughs> optimism even now. Um, uh, no, I distinctly, uh, distinctly recall every time walk, you walking up the steps at the Madeski, the 05 06s that we're going to lose today. We're yeah, lose yeah. today. Must be true. <laughs> yeah. Well, that day I thought we were going to win. Um, and we did, but um, <laughs> I do remember it being a really, really poor spectacle. And mm -hmm. um, a moment or three before um, the injury time winner, the guy who scored the winning goal for us, got a volley of uh, gob from uh, from me about how poorly he played. And then I had the cheek to celebrate his goal um, two minutes later when he sent us home, you know, in that great mood and um i think there was a bit of karma as i fell on my backside celebrating the goal but um yeah that that that, that whole thing when it's a whole day out it's a 20-hour day isn't it almost it, you, it is uh, yeah you don't get home you know you uh, and obviously the trip is via london so why wouldn't you have a couple of beers on the way back um and it ends up being a very uh long day and so around that time i think um would probably have been the point because we were relegated at the end of that season. Um, is it fair to say that the lack of progress and the gradual um, uh, love for Reading Football Club uh, started to diminish because of that and also the way that professional football was going? Is that fair to say that yeah. were the, the main reasons why you started to fall out of love with the game? It was a gradual process. Well, Which came what? to a head, yeah. I think, in 2014, was it? Something like that. Do, do you know what? I think as well, we, we obviously spoke about some of those good times and, um, you know, getting to the Premier League um, for the first time was an unbelievable feeling, although it was more exciting in a way to do it the backdoor way a few years later. But it just felt like it, me that, well, it, is it ever going to get any better? You know, I've seen it at its best. And that, that's a terrible, terrible thing to say because that makes you sound like the ultimate glory hunter. In a way, although it'd be miserable to sit through successive relegations, um, you know, I know quite a, a number of people who still go to uh, to, to Reading who, who, <laughs> who almost had a half wish that they'd get relegated back to League One when there was a couple of struggling seasons. And I think that's said tongue-in-cheek, but I think there's something for that. It just felt like the club had gone as, as far as it, sort of probably really could ever be expected to go and okay it's never won a major trophy and um those seem to be sewn up by the the big teams this year that would be quite something if it ever got to a major cup final um but i must admit i think if it did get to a major cup final i'd think you know it wasn't it wasn't my circus by that stage i didn't go to the last playoff final I watched it on telly it was a poor game it was a disappointing one because uh both teams stuck um, the place out didn't they well, the nil-nil draw, Reading Huddersfield. Reading well, rather, you know, uh, messed it up on the penalty shootout. But there you go, it's gone. So yeah, a little bit of that. Um, I think, by way of contrast to what I enjoyed, um from watching football at non-league level, I mean, Maiden are playing the, the top tier of the the national, you know, the, the non-league system. So it's not quite the same as going to watch uh, 
you know, probably Ismian League football or something like that. But Maidenhead is just about a small enough club um, to still have that all in the bar afterwards kind of atmosphere. So, yeah. you know, you get to know the players and the manager and the chairman and, you know, they're kind of answerable. Not that you want to go up and ask them why the hell they've made this or that decision after the game because by then you've developed a bit of a rapport with them and, you know, you, you, you know that they generally try their best and mean well. And uh, and I, I just felt and feel, it's probably still, there's a massive disconnect in um, leaving at Reading's level of the championship and Reading having a good season. And there are some good young players that come through the Reading team. I know there's not a lot you can do at the moment with that disconnect because it is an actual physical disconnect because no one can go. But that's one for you, really. How connected do you feel um, with the crop of players? And, and maybe, quite reasonably, you don't care about that. I mean, there is an entertainment. At the end of the day, it is a hobby. Uh, you go and get from it what you enjoy, don't you? I enjoy going. I enjoy supporting my local team, blah, 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 whatever that may be. Um, and, and maybe it's me being um, a bit uh, pompous. It almost certainly will be. But I just felt like I wanted a bit more, really. I didn't feel particularly connected to it. Um, and it wasn't even the fact that they may not relegated at all. I know I'm not a snob. <laughs> I'd quite happily go and pay to watch, um, you know, Hellenic League football. You know, I'm no footballing swap snob. Quite the opposite. I find Premier League football quite a turn off. Uh, the Champions League barely touches my consciousness at all. And I just see, um, I don't like VAR, but then again, why would I? Because I'm an old fuddy-duddy. Um, and that's a conversation for another time. And I know you don't have VAR in the Championship. But so many ways and, and, and ways that things are moving. I think the current Reading manager seems a really good guy. Um, and, you know, um, um, a, a chap that um, is going to do well and has made every effort to be part of it. But here we go. He's not He's not a, you know, chap with any real connection to the club, is he? And I suppose, you know, let's call it what it is. He's a foreign manager. Um, and um, again, don't get me wrong, he's done very well, but um, wouldn't it be nice to have seen, I know you have different thoughts of this, wouldn't it be nice to have seen someone like Phil Parkinson have a go and the fans really get behind someone like that? And I know you feel completely differently and that's, you know, absolutely fair enough. I think with, with that individual example, um, I think I would feel completely differently because um, you know, Phil Parkinson has had his chances in the Championship and, and has, uh, has I think almost abjectly failed. Um, that's my opinion. Other other supporters may may feel may feel a bit different. But when it comes to you know to Reading, um, you know I'd be I, I think when it comes for me, I think for the club to maintain its current status, which everything is everything is about foot, is about football now is minimum. You maintain your status, yeah. Um, and for Reading, it's championship. And if we're going to be getting a former player as a manager, then I want to see that manager doing well at, at another club. Yeah, someone like. Joby McEnough, yeah. Um, for example, I want to see him do well at Leighton Orient. I want to see him do well at um, you know maybe at another club at a higher level mm-hmm. uh, before he comes to Reading. I want him to actually cut his teeth elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, again, that that's my opinion. Phil Parkinson might have been able to cut his teeth at Colchester, mm-hmm. but he abjectly failed at this level, at Championship level, at Hull. Mm-hmm. He abjectly failed um, at Charlton, and he abjectly failed at Bolton. Now the circumstances might have been very, very trying in all three of those um, um, scenarios. But let's not, you know, uh, uh, beat around the bush. He had decent squads um, at those clubs. So um, certainly for, for, for a championship 
supporter. Um, I think um, where management is concerned and, 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 and former player management, um, I'd want my, my, my manager to have experience elsewhere. Accessibility, though, I think absolutely players... Well, social media is the big elephant in the room, isn't it, with, uh, with players, uh, with all types of players. Players can stay connected um, through their own individual accounts. Um, but at the same time, it's very, very easy for uh, idiots to get access um, to a player through his social media account and just um, throw... Yeah. Insults left, right, and centre for you know for a player you know and you know what why would you get too close to fans yeah. in that scenario? Yeah, um, totally I do think I do think um, that that supporters. Um, I believe I believe I believe there is there is space for supporters to get closer to players potentially on a on an individual basis like they like they used to. Um, but for me, that would need um, a stepping back of their social media profile. Yeah. Um, so, um, because then they're, they're not quite so accessible. Yeah. Um, they're accessible in a in a controlled manner, almost. Yeah. Um, and and you know in a in a in a controlled environment as well, uh, because it would be face to face, and presumably that would be on a um, you know on uh, football club grounds, um, be that what you know whichever club. That happens to be, but you know that's something that, that footballers have got to take in it at the moment. Have got to take an individual choice on, yeah. Um, and a lot of them want that social media profile. My 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 perspective of of, of non league, um, uh, certainly at Maidenhead's level, is is again uh, and, and a club like Maidenhead um, who have made their way up to that level as opposed to a former league club making their way down, yeah. and up with all the trappings that that, that, that has, yeah. Um, he's, he's, I mean, I, I follow my local non-league club as well, Shrivenham. They're in the Hellenic League Premier, yeah. um, and it, it, it's exactly as you describe. You, 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 you rock up, you pay my five pound. Yeah. Um, I can have a pint around the side of the pitch yeah. uh, after the game. The players are all in the in the clubhouse. They're all having a beer. They're all having their food and whatnot. Yeah. And it's all just very, very cordial. And you get to speak to players, to speak to officials. I know I'm, I'm um, uh, very well acquainted with the uh, with the chairman of the football club. Yeah. And it is a, a totally, totally different um, different beast yeah. to uh, to championship, but which I could I could you know I, I well I'd never I'd never um, even hope to to be in that situation. Yeah. Although having said that, I have been in the players' bar plenty of times at Reading, um, talking to the players. But I think the thing uh, that, well again, there a... is that you've shown that you enjoy both sides of things. You like you know your clubs, your club. You you followed them um, all, all your life. But, you know for better for worse. There's things that you would enjoy less now than you enjoyed before and there'll be things that you enjoy more now than you did before um, whereas you, you're quite happy you're no footballing snob you quite happily go and watch uh, Shrivenham in the Hellenic League so you're getting uh, the best of both of it really and to be honest absolutely fair play um, full respect for that you're a football man you, you, you like watching football uh, of any level um, and, and, and commenting on it Um and, and and that's a good sort of broad view to uh, to have. Perhaps my view is too uh, too narrow, but it, it, that's my view, and it is what it is. I don't think it's narrow. I don't think it's fair to say that it's narrow. But you know, at the same time, you you you, you fell out of love with the game for a number of reasons, and and it came out. It all came to a head. I think was it that Barnsley game in two thousand and fourteen, three one defeat. 
Um, and um, yeah, a, you, you rarely returned I after that. I had a mighty row with um, some of the supporters after the games. I was giving the team the bird as they went off. Um, I was in a terrible mood. Um, I thought they were thoroughly outplayed on, on the night. And I didn't think they'd really... I thought they'd gone through the motions. And I sort of took a step back and thought, how old was that at the time? 35. And what am I doing with my hobby? And coming and getting annoyed and arguing with people I don't even know. Um, get a grip. You know, the days of singing drunk on the train have got to change at some point. And um, I think I took a bit of a step back and thought, what are you doing? Why are you nose to nose with people over a game of football? It was a game of football. Nothing happened untoward. The team played poorly and were well beaten. And, um, you know, what are you doing? So I took myself out of it. And you had to put up with the wife to be yeah, afterwards as well. Yeah, as well. Listen, they're doing really well. And, you know, it'd be great to think um, they could go up this year because they've only ever had, um, you know, two or rather one season in the um, in, in the Premier League. And, um, you know, it's a good club that has a lot of sort of Reading sort of... Uh, sort of characteristics really you know local sort of loyal uh, small fan base that um you know it's uh, a similar kind of um feeling around the place and um it'd be good to see them do well so whereas you know to, to have reading as a town to my hometown it always will be in the premier league would be great for the town uh sort of mixed views really i think maybe it's barnes's turn mate i don't think you'd agree with that <laughs> um i don't know i don't know well, what's the next game Next game, Barnsley will be yeah. ready, isn't it? On and it's on Sky Friday, uh, fr- uh, uh, good Friday at five thirty. Yeah, and I'll be um, on my way back. From, yeah, that'll be. I'll be on my be. way back from Weymouth. I'm certainly keeping an eye on it, uh, two eyes on it. Because um, can I ask for a draw? Would that be fair? Is that diplomatic enough? <laughs> um, you know, they um, do well. It's a good, um, happy house. So uh, you know, it's a bit of uh, a bit of uh, self-preservation. Absolutely. So. Going back to because obviously you're a you know you're a supporter of Maidenhead United now it's fair to say um, as much as a um, as much as an employee of the club now and a full time employee as well a fair play to them for reaching out to people for um, uh, to, and expanding their their local reach. Yeah, yeah, um, staff. You <laughs> <laughs> you said it. Um, there must have been some uh, some great away days. You must have met some some really. Uh, Really good people um, and gone on some great yeah. away days. Uh, certainly in, in well, not just in the in the national league, but you know, thinking back to some particularly epic trips in the in the national league south. Because let's face it, some of those trips, albeit slightly less numerous, in the national league south, could have been um, are equally as long as some of the ones yeah. um, where you're heading up to the northeast, well, aren't you they? Know, um, in Contreras, in I'm particular. I'm going to offend you here. Because uh, of all the times you and I have been uh, to games and had a nice day or, or a, a good day ruined by bad football, whatever the case may be, um, my favourite uh, day out, I think, is one you were nowhere near. And that was uh, a trip to Truro, um, made in their 2015-16, first season in Devonshire, second spell. Good side was building up. We had a good cut run, all those ingredients. Um, you know, the exciting developing team like we spoke about, McGee's team on the back of a good cut run, having a good um, season the following year. Um, they played down at Truro, who were um, uh, playoff hunting uh, side for a place in the National League. Good side back then. Were they under Lee Hodges at the time? Um, I think it might have been after him, possibly. Although I have seen him manage a side at uh, 
at York Road. I think no, I don't think he was. I don't think he was there. I think it was after his time. Um, and uh, I thought this is when I've got a tick off. I've got a tick off going to Truro. So finally, I got round to it. And uh, middle of January, you know what's coming now, don't you? It rained all week in their pitch. They were well behind on games. Their pitch was notoriously poor. But you've pre-booked cheap train tickets with a group of you. Um, um, sort of half a dozen of us uh, going down with pre-booked train tickets. Well, you've got to go. You've got to turn up. And just so many memorable things of that day. It's little bits. As, um, it's a great trip. You know, you know that part of the world by train. Uh, the Dawlish stretch is beautiful. And, um, you know, the drinks were uh, flowing by the time I think we'd even gone through uh, the west of the county. Um, and then we crossed the Tamar Bridge. I don't know if you've gone that far down um, on the train. The Royal Albert Bridge. Sorry? The Royal Albert Bridge. I don't Bridge. know what it's called, Dave. You did get that from your spreadsheet, probably, did you? <laughs> um, it's the Ta- Tamar Bridge, the railway bridge that crosses uh, Devon into Cornwall. And uh, the PA system cracked into life. And this guy, uh, the train manager, whatever they call themselves, um, message for the Maidenhead fans travelling down to Truro. It wasn't any of us, mate, to be honest with you. It was um, half a dozen or so. Um, and you you just pause thinking, ah, oh, what? And just to let you know, your game is on. So he'd gone to the effort, bless him, of checking out that the game that we were thinking had no chance. Uh, Truro's a nice little, it's a city, but it's like a little town. It's kind of... It's a tiny city, it's a isn't tiny it? tiny town, from what I saw of it. Um few pubs were hit beforehand. Uh, we saw the cathedral, all that kind of thing. It's a massive long walk uphill to the ground. It's a Trey Road, yeah. Road. When we arrived at Trey Road, as we went through the uh, turnstile, it rained. And it rained, and it rained, and it rained, and it rained. Maidenhead went against a good side, 1-0 down. 2-0 down. Pulled one back, 3-1 down. 3-1 down at half-time, soaking wet, back in the bar, Oh, well, at least the game's on. You know, you haven't come all the way down for a game that's off. Second half, 3-1 down. Some of the party, there was quite. There was actually more than half a dozen. There was quite a few sort of uh, Welsh ground hoppers who were known to some of the um, guys who booked these advanced tickets who uh, um, made their fans for the day, as it were. And uh, a lot stayed in the bar. Made Ned in the second half, kicking to the goal at the far end. And by then, it's a monsoon. The pitch is an absolute flood. I don't think it would have... If it kicked off at four o'clock, um, it wouldn't have been fit to play. But the referee was determined to get through. Made me go back to 3-2, 4-2. It's going to be one of those days of getting outplayed by a, a good side. And I remember thinking, we're getting beat. We're getting well beat. We're 4-2 down. It's pissing down with rain. There's a bar at the other end that would be really friendly beforehand. And it was still friendly afterwards, despite um, what... Uh, happen that I'll fill you in on the moment. Uh, great club. Um, and not once did I think, what am I doing? I thought, no, I've come all the way here for the experience of Truro away in the rain. Um, and the misery of defeat is going to help make it more memorable, isn't it? You know, character building. Maidenhead scored twice in the last 10 minutes to make it four all scenes. And then deep in injury time, they had a chance that clipped off the post. And you think, wow, I mean, if that had gone in, um, those of us who'd stayed out in the weather... Well, yeah, you know, you can't <laughs> that, can you? And after the game, um, it was someone's birthday from memory of our wider party, and the drinks were flowing. The locals were very magnanimous, um, and uh, players came in the bar afterwards. One of our players, Dave Tarpey, Reading boy, scored all four. Um, shy chap who doesn't really like the attention, but he got all these 
middle-aged men, of which I was one of them, asking them for a selfie. Um, and the, the locals are brilliant, you know, really magnanimous in the, what must have felt like defeat. And we came very close to missing the last train back um, towards London. So it was a brilliant day. Um, you know, a four-all draw. You don't see many of them in your life, really. Um, from from two goals down um, twice, three times. A brilliant day out. So Best of non-league football. Sounds like it. It sounds like an absolutely epic brilliant. away day. Um, uh, two, two, point, two points that I've got to uh, I've got to raise there. So, firstly, the four the four goals from Dave Tarpy is obviously not the first time. Sorry, not the last time. Sorry, that he yes. scored four in a game. Um, didn't he score? He scored four yes. at AFC Fylde um, yes. at their new ground, uh, and he also scored four against yes. Dartford uh, the season before, if I remember rightly. Um, and that was one of two Maidenhead games that yes. I went to yes. that season. Uh, I also went to uh, that was a five nil win. Great and I also went to the Welling, Welling United uh, home game, which was 3-0. So I had an 8-0 eight, eight yeah. uh, average. But that Dartford game, unbeknownst to um, anybody who actually went there that day, and there was a good, a good what, four-figure yeah, crowd, I think? Yeah, 1,000 crowd or so? Um, unbeknownst to absolutely anybody that day, they would actually see quite a, um, well, a, a moment that turned um, into... Um, uh, well, almost international stardom, I suppose, for yeah. Dave Tarpey. It went absolutely viral. I'll well, let you describe the goal. Um, um, as PA man, I was making the announcements. So I think you and I probably had a drink after the game, and it was a, a really, really good made their performance against a strong side and showed that they were on, on something really good. I actually missed the goal. I was too busy um, fiddling about with... I, make, I can't remember what I was doing. I was putting CDs away or something like that. And this roar went up, and I've only ever seen it um, the replays, um, it's a, uh, um, a, a long kick flicked on um, uh, from the goalkeeper, flicked on uh, with the back of his heel, he flicks it over his own head, beats a defender in doing so, um, takes it on his chest, which kind of puts another defender on the floor and side foots it um, into, the, into the far corner. It's one uh, Google, uh, you know, YouTube Dave Tarpey um, Dartford or non-league wonder goal, I think it's on there as. Um, absolutely. So the greatest goal I never saw because <laughs> I was too busy, um, too busy <laughs> flapping around. Uh, um, yeah, on uh, match day duty. So um, uh, I remember going to that with a with a Dartford fan. He's well, a Chelsea season ticket holder and yeah. a Dartford fan as well. He's originally from Dartford, um, and we were up in the uh, the other end of the pitch, the the Bell Street end yeah, or the yeah, uh, the yeah, Bell end, yeah. as it's so uh, be- beautifully known as uh, Bell, by, yeah. by Maidenhead fans. Um, and we um, I, we didn't realise just no. what had happened really until after the game when we you know when we we, we both seen it on TV and it's like it's just absolutely extraordinary goal um, and it, it kind of in, in some ways that well that game just kind of encapsulated uh, Maidenhead completely didn't yeah, it really that season um, because Dartford finished what third yeah, four, fourth fifth something like that they were in the playoffs. Very, very, very strong side. They were just roundly, roundly outplayed and absolutely yeah. stuffed on the day. Um, and Tarpey basically, uh, yeah, he, he, well, he, he went on for one different. He scored the four he goals, didn't four he? So goals on four separate occasions for Maidenhead, and I saw all of them. So two of them were in Berkshire, one was in Lancashire, and one was in Cornwall. So um, a fair bit of travelling to do that. Great player, um, still playing uh, with, with, with Woking and. Um, you know, joy to watch. So you also mentioned um, that you nearly missed the last train home yes, from Truro. Really. 
of course, there was, you know, going back a couple of years, two, three years, there was, of course, a, um, a time where you did miss the last train home from Brentford. Oh, me, yeah. um. <laughs> I, about that. I think that came in my um, start of, you know, perhaps going less frequently, should we say, era. So it was a rare. It was a rare opportunity. It did, yes. To go, I forgot, totally forgotten about this. Rare opportunity to go out on the beers. Those days of going week in, week out with the likes of yourself had kind of um, really been cut back. But I fancied. Uh, who doesn't like a trip to Griffin Park? Frankly, or who you know who didn't enjoy a trip? Shall I say? Now sadly, no longer with us. Um, yes, um, you can take an assist for that one, can't you? I was uh, started early and was well worse for wear. And. Uh, um, Yes, I was living in um other side of Oxford at the time, and um, the journey back was uh, took hours, mainly because I didn't know what I was doing, where I was going. Um, fell over at one point, uh, rang the now wife and said, I don't know how to get home. And um, thought about stop stopping in a hotel. I took one step through a door and had shake of the head, as, uh, as I think they saw um, the state I was in. And uh, did eventually get a, a bus back to Watf- uh, Watford, Watford, Oxford, uh, Whitney. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think I got home about 12 hours after full time. Good work. I've got memories of that because we'd, we'd been to see, um, well, obviously Brentford v Reading. It was, it was the first game that Reading had played at Griffin Park um, after Brentford's okay. promotion. Um, and we uh, we met up with uh, with um, a, the, the so we call it the head honcho of a, of a brilliant podcast, brilliant Brentford podcast, oh, yeah, yeah. Billy Graham. Um, oh, yeah. And we'd done we'd been to the pub um, with him beforehand, and met up with him afterwards. Well, well um, And we just we just uh, read, read him well, yeah, that day. Well, well and truly, and we we just we just carried yeah. on, didn't we? Um, and we didn't really realise yeah. the time. Um, and yeah, so we left the pub. Um, I forget what the name of the pub is. Um, but yeah, uh, you were, we were, we were both absolutely worse for wear. You went off looking for, I think maybe, uh, maybe the tube because you needed to get to Victoria, I think was it. Um, and I went off to Brentford train station in the hope of getting the last train. Obviously this is about one o'clock in the morning or whatever time. And we'd, um, I, I'd obviously missed that, so I just thought, oh, fuck it, taxi. Got a taxi home from uh, from West London to Reading. It's certainly about 80 quid-ish. Um, um, yeah, but uh, only to wake up the next morning to um, a couple of very frantic messages and, vo- and voicemails from your <laughs> wife to me. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that brings us round full just, circle, really. I think, mate. In terms of this, is why I'm probably better off um, having some some roles and responsibilities on a match day and uh, keeping out of trouble. <laughs> you, you, couldn't, you couldn't put it better. You couldn't um, put it better. You know, I enjoy really. um, being involved at, at the club, and you know, on a match day and stuff like that, it does appeal to my uh, um, sense of self-importance. No, I love it. I'm joking. I, I, I really love the. Um, um, the the atmosphere and the the, the vibe at the club and uh, it's really good. I I, I enjoy it. As I say, it keeps me out of a uh, drinking mischief and um, and stops me being unduly negative and pessimistic before the game as well. I don't have time to think about those things. <laughs> so uh, uh, yeah, it's good. Good for the old mental health, I think, mate. 
it absolutely. And then, of course, mental health being such a big thing these days, um, I think people have realised just just how just how much they miss the football um, and how much they miss they miss going and, and that yes. that matter of routine. Um, I know I certainly have over the last certainly yeah. over the last year or so. Um, I and it's a bit of a track for me, particularly if I want to have yeah. a couple of drinks. But um, yeah, absolutely, I I, I I have missed it, and I can't I can't wait to get back. I really yeah. really can't yeah. wait to get back. Amen to that. It's um, not the same. I'm I'm really I'm really fortunate. I've I've managed to get in and watch what I think is a pretty good standard of football. I mean, it's the fifth division of English football is not as good as the first division of first tier of English football, surprisingly, but. You know, people may look down their nose at it, but there's some good players in that league, and I've been really fortunate. It's predominantly, predominantly professional, professional as well, isn't really it? Really fortunate, but uh, you know, I've I don't take it for granted, and I don't take it, um, you know, um, lightly. That I've I've been lucky. We all deserve something at the end of the week to look forward to, and um, for too many people, that's been absent for too long. But it will come back, and it won't take long for the likes of yourself and. You know, you had Jamie Butler on last week to, you know, get into the swing of things. The first game will feel really sweet, and um, you know, by the second half of the second game, you'll be uh, fed up when they're one nil down and wishing you could go home early. So you know, it will become <laughs> normal sort of quickly again. And you know, amen to that because it's uh, um, a good, um, despite what I said earlier. You know, it's a good routine, um, a nice routine to have because it's um, a bit of escapism, isn't it? So. Um, um, and a silly bit of escapism because you've got no control over it. You've got no control over whether you're going to enjoy it or not. So just uh, try and make the best of it. I wish I could, as a uh, 41 year old, tell my 21 year old self that um, rather than uh, get irate at uh, something you've got no control over. Um, I think I matured far too late, really. For that. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> um, you. You, you and me both. Um, I think we both got equally as angry um, yeah. as each other at times, following our respective football clubs. But that sounds to me like it's uh, like it's a um, uh, perfectly good um, point and, um, and uh, poignancy to, uh, to to end on. Neil, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, it's uh, hopefully uh, made Ned's uh, season ends yeah. in, in success. Um, one last little cool. little little point. Um, Terrace, Terrace Memoirs, uh, we are um, yeah. active on Twitter, um, at Terrace Memoirs. Um, and uh, all feedback is gratefully received. Um, the email address for Terrace Memoirs is terracememoirs at gmail.com. Um, wrapping it up, Neil, thank you very much indeed. Thanks, it's been an absolute pleasure. And good work. Ciao for now.